Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Success and Sales, Hacks and Chats with Mike McDonald. I have a very special guest, we have Thierry Clark joining me today. Thierry, thanks for being the guest on the show. Pleasure to be here, Michael. Thank you very much for inviting me. So for those people that have no idea who you are, share with us a little bit about you and what you do. Cool, so I'm Thierry Clark. I'm the founder and CEO of Investor Connected. Um, and that's a platform that helps um, entrepreneurs to get investment ready and provides tools as well for investors and funders looking for, uh, looking for funding. And we basically provide the bridge that, uh, the, 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 that connects those two uh, sides of the market together. And you're going to share with us the, the three main things that we need to storytell for funding. So this is for people that want to get funding from investors and you, you sort of give people the, the storyboard, if you will, that will help them do that, yeah? Yeah, that's right. So um, uh, if it's okay, Michael, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of kind of my history. Um, yeah, sure. And tell you where I, where I got these kind of ideas from. So um, I spent 15 years working in the investment management world um, and I was at one point in time, I headed up a region um, looking after 23 markets. I spent a lot of time on the road um, speaking to different professional investors and speaking to the investors that I was working with uh, and also speaking to entrepreneurs that had been successful and talking to them about investments. And what I realized uh, throughout this whole process was that investors speak a very, very different language. Um, they're always speaking about opportunities. They, they want to hear what's going to happen uh, in the future. They want to be able to believe in something. And it's really, I was sitting down with my boss at one point in time and talking to him about how to put together presentations and what was the best way of um, putting uh, together um, sales pitches uh, for investors and the one thing he said to me is you know Terry it's all it's all just about telling a story and I, I've, I've thought about that a lot and it's very very true um, whenever you're getting in front of an investor it is all about telling a story it's all about taking people on a journey um, from where you are today uh, to a believable destination in the future um, and how you're going to make that journey and so when talking to investors, you need to think about that story and about how you're going to take people or how you're going to take them from today to somewhere in the future where, there are, where you both hopefully make a ton of money. Well, that, that seems, you know, it, it seems straightforward, at least in the way that you explain it. You know, in the back of my mind, I thought, okay, storytelling, okay, yeah, we get it. But... For some people, that, that's like a loaded word, storytelling. Like people go in with a lot of assumptions around what storytelling is and, and how to phrase it and how to structure it and all those things. So I think, I think at least that people can think storytelling can be quite straightforward and not realise how hard it can be, at least when they first try it. And then there are people out there that think it's hard and then when they try it, they realize, oh, it's actually quite straightforward. So you've got three things that, at least in your experience working with investors, and you've got this platform which, which does just that, you know, connects businesses with investors. What sort of keys do you think that we need? You say you've got three, so what's number one? 
Right. So, yeah. So in terms of taking people on a journey, there's the, the three things that, that, that I that I talk to people about uh, are, are the first thing is your goal. So where are you going? Um, what's the destination that you're taking your investors on um, to? The second thing is, is how are you going to get there? What is your strategy? Um, that's, that's, that's the, the, the kind of, uh, meat, let's put it, um, of, uh, of the conversation. Um, and then finally, what are your resources? What are the things that you need to achieve your vision, your goal, and the strategy that you're talking about putting in place? So those are the broad themes that, that we talk about in terms of, um, putting together the story, just like a story, any other story has a beginning, middle and end. When you're talking about pitching, um, there's these three things, your, your goal, your, your strategy and the resources. Um, so if uh, you'll allow me to kind of dig into that in a bit more detail, Michael. So what do I mean when talking about your goal? Um, the first thing that I, 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 I talk to um, entrepreneurs about is what I call the equation. So, and, and, and this is effectively, you know, one plus one equals cash, right? The first one is what is your problem? What is the problem that you're trying to solve? Um, and, you know, you need to make the, entre the investors and the people that you're speaking to feel the pain um, of, of the problem that you're trying to solve. Is it um, a gap in the market? Is it something that's not being catered for? Is it something that's really difficult to do that, that you think should be a lot easier to do? Um, so what is the problem? Um, you need to, that needs to be really clear and the clearer it is and the, the more um, the investors can um, empathize with that problem, the better it is for you. The second thing is, is what does your business do um, in terms of, you know, what is its functionality? What is the product or service that you provide? And finally, how does your business solve that problem? So that equation is really the kind of form formation of what many people call the elevator pitch. So what is the key kind of um, uh, seed of any of any business? Um, what are the kind of key key characteristics of it? Um, so that's that's the first thing that we, we, we tell people to talk about. And, and it's important that you get that right, especially the problem side of things, because that's what's going to help you engage your investors and get people's interest. Well, when it comes to the um, the idea behind pitching to investors, then, I mean, at least in my mind, because a lot of people spend an awful lot of time trying to get their elevator pitch right, because with like speed networking and, you know, all those sorts of things, and everything seems to be at least about the elevator pitch, those first couple of sentences that will grab your attention and make you at least, at the very least, keen to engage with that person for you know whatever reason usually to do with the, the problem that they solve but because because people do that because people have this this practice if you will this constant work of trying to perfect everything to get the to get the attention at least of investors you know this is this is before they say yeah i'd imagine you know this isn't this isn't them signing on the dotted line for these sort of things so how do people go that one step further to ensure that, okay, they've got the elevator pitch, but how do people stand out? What's the next step after that? Because, you know, people don't just want their, their attention. They actually want the investors to, to say, yeah. 
Yeah. So after you've got the kind of the, the equation sorted out and that elevator pitch, the second thing uh, that we always tell people to focus on is, is what we call the market opportunity. So what is your target market? Who are you targeting in terms of this particular um, idea or concept? Um, and, and what is it, what we call service addressable market? So what, are, what is the actual market that you can access with your product right now? Um, and and this, after that, you then start talking about have you validated your, your, your business proposition? So are, do you have customers? Do, if you don't have customers, do you have any feedback from your potential clients to say, yeah, this is a great idea. We do need that. Um, ultimately, every, every investor is looking for some kind of validation that not only is it a good idea, but it's needed in the market. And they want to see the, 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 the size and scale of the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And depending upon the type of investor, size, the scalability of an opportunity is a big, big factor in terms of their decision as to whether they move forward. Um, but they also want to see how you're doing and how you're accessing that. How, what traction have you got? What validation have you got that this is actually a good idea? Um, you can have an you can you can have an amazing kind of problem. Um, and solution and kind of equation statement, but the market opportunity might be tiny and therefore right. you won't have the chance to build a sizable business. If you can't build a sizable business, then you won't be able to provide a, a good return to your investors. So there needs to be that interplay between a great idea and the right size, depending upon what investors going in. Does it, <clears throat> does it depend on the, the amount that the investor gets back in terms of their investment, i.e. you can go like top end, say like luxury service or product or whatever it is, you therefore might not need <clears throat> a big scale because the return on the investment could be quite high if they have enough to validate it. So is there a balance whereby, okay, the each investor has their own particular like what their priority is for some people might invest in low end because it's cheaper or more affordable, but then they can move enough to justify their investment in terms of profit margins and all those sorts of things. So how do you bridge the gap between trying to get to the, the values of the investor to try and get that across? To them? Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Each investor will have their own criteria that they're looking at and their own, um, size and scale i mean ultimately it's there's a there's a playoff right in terms of with regards to profitability there's a player playoff between profit margin and size of um um size of sale and volume right so yeah. you can sell you know 10 million things at a quid each or you can sell one thing at you know a million pounds and you might end up making the same amount of money Mm -hmm. Right. So so it's it's all about the profitability of each business and its and its ability to grow its profit margins over time. So if, a, if an investor is putting in, especially if you're looking at, for example, a venture capital investor, if they're putting in, you know, two, three hundred thousand pounds, they want to make sure that you've got uh, any business that they're investing in has got enough capacity and capability to be able to make, I don't know, uh, 10, 15, 20, a hundred million um, pounds in the next five years so that they can make a decent return or the ability to potentially be bought by uh, someone else um, for, 
you know, a valuation which is five times what they what they um, bought into the company at. So it's it, it's always investors are always looking for opportunity. They're always looking for that return on their investment. And you're absolutely right. It is it is an interplay between between size and scale. Um, and and there's no there's no real magic formula. Every every investor will have a different um, a different thing that they're looking for. Some angels, for example, are are interested in being part of something. They want to be part of a business. They want to pass on their knowledge. And so it's not necessarily just about um, the financial return. It's also about their ability to impact the business and their ability to put something into, um, into that business as well. So it, it really does depend um, uh, in terms of what the, what the investor is looking for. Yeah, that I, I can see how that would make sense because there are people that, that do want the money and there are people that want the impact and want to, you know, to actually change, a, a, I guess, a country or a town or whatever the case is. Because if you make enough money, then, you know, that, that level of impact is actually possible, you know, because you, you can do an awful lot if, if the money's there. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's sad to say, but it's, it's, it's very true. You know, money can often buy you influence. Um, success can open doors. Uh, success often breeds success. So one of the key things that a lot of um, entrepreneurs need is uh, are gatekeepers or, or door openers. Um, so people that can uh, get you into, you know, XYZ retailer or um, get you access to a manufacturer in another country that can produce your products a lot cheaper or can get you access to a fleet of salespeople or whatever it is or lend credibility, more credibility to your business so that when you go out to sell, um, you can say we've got XYZ person that also supports our business. So yeah, there, there's there's lots of impacts other than financial that an investor or a funder can bring to your business. So is is, is validation then one of the the main things? Because from what from what you've said, this element of being able to predict things, this element of being able to say right, this is how much we're pretty much guaranteed for the next five years. This makes it more. More, more likely that the investors go into invest their time, money, experience, expertise, or whatever it may be. But then you've got this element of, well, if you can't provide that, then what else have you got? So it, is validation one of the, the main things that you need, whether it be market research at least, or even just a, a scale of demand? Or I mean, how, how small would you say people could realistically get in terms of validation for it to be like a, a box ticked because some people might only be able to get market research on on their product or service but then there are people out there that might do a crowdfunding thing and get people to to you know to donate somewhat to a, a cause or a product or a service or whatever it is so that that at least in my mind is a higher level of validation i guess you know people are able to crowdfund something and the investor goes okay well that's more more validated than someone that just has market research on their product or their service or offering or whatever it is. So is there a minimum dose or minimum requirement for validation? Well, the honest answer is that the, the, the greater your validation, the higher the value of your product or the higher the value of your business, right? The more, the more you can show that it's servicing a need and it's, and it's fixing a problem or solving a problem, the higher 
your valuation is and 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 the, the the more valuable your company is if if you don't have the validation then it it's far more conceptual um, and that will have a significant impact on the amount of uh, value you can expect or the valuation you can expect for your business so yeah it's really important to, to get that to get to validate that market uh, the market opportunity it's also important to to place yourself uh, or to put yourself in the right context in relation to your into your uh, competition how do you fit into the competitive landscape and how are you different from your competitors because that's the other thing that um, in this kind of goal space um, that uh, the first kind of um, area that we talk about which is a goals competition and how you differentiate yourself and how you wish to differentiate yourself from your competition is really important the other thing that's worth mentioning is here is it's also really important to, to kind of identify whether you have any um, anything that is defensible as a competitive edge and what do I mean by that in things like intellectual property do you have any patents or any trademarks or any copyrights that mean that it's going to be much more difficult for people to copy what you're doing um, and it puts you ahead of your competition so these are the kind of things that that, that really help in terms of the valuation of your business and in terms of investors turning around and saying yeah, I want to. I want to take a closer look in terms of whether this makes sense and does does the journey is is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Is the journey worth taking? So, how do we make sure that that the journey is worth taking? Then, so when we go from this idea of the goal, okay, we've got the destination, we've got how we fit in, we've got this element of validation ticked, you know, we've got the the idea is officially like needed, it's wanted, it solves that problem. But when we say, right, okay, well, how do we get to that destination? What sort of steps work best? Exactly. So, so, so once you've got the goal, you know where you're going. It's all about execution. And this is the next stage of, of, of kind of due diligence or, or, or validation or consideration that an investor will, will, will look at. Um, and the first thing they'll look at is your business model. So they'll look to see, you know, how are you making money? Are you, are you transacting? Are you selling, selling things? Are you making commission? Uh, do you have some kind of subscription service? Are you making money from advertising? Is it something that we haven't even thought of? Um, and then they'll want to look at the unit economics. So what's the price of your product or service? And what are the costs of your product product or service? So they'll want to look at your acquisition, cost of acquisition. They'll want to look at how much it costs to produce. And they'll want to figure out what your profit margin is um, on a unit by unit basis. So understanding the nature of the business model, your engine for making money is, is really important. And, and sometimes that's where people fall over a little bit. Um, they don't necessarily have their numbers, numbers put together there, but uh, that's, that's, that's the next step in terms of um, the, the, the kind of strategy. Um, after that, it then becomes a question of looking at what some people call go-to-market strategy. I, I'm much more simplistic. I say it's sales and marketing. So how do you plan on attracting and retaining clients? Um, what sales channels are you going to use? Um, how will you market your business offline, online? Um, these are all things that need to be considered. And, and, and finally, how does that translate into kind of growth plans over time? 
So investors love numbers. They want to see where you're planning on getting to, whether you, and they'll, they'll look at your sales and marketing and your growth plans in relation to your unit economics to see whether those two, two things make sense. And then the final thing um, in terms of the strategy is, do you have the right team in place to execute it? So how many people do you need? Who are the key people? What relevant experience do they have in either the industry that you're talking about or the sector or the niche that you're talking about, or just in general in terms of building successful businesses? What history do they have in, in kind of starting up or scaling up businesses? Um, and how will they apply that to, to, to the business that um, you're, you're pitching for? So the team is fundamentally important um, in terms of the ability to execute the vision and the strategy. Is it, is it possible to have, because you mentioned the business model when it came to the, the strategy, and it seems, seems important at least to, to get the business model nailed down somewhat. There are, lo there are loads of people listening to this that might just have one product, one service, this is the price, and all those sorts of things. But there is an argument, at least in my mind, for people that have like multiple different products and services at multiple different price points. And they all sort of work together as more of an ecosystem rather than just being one person, one service, one price, and away you go. If from, from what you've told me and everything else, I'm sort of processing it all, Thierry, to be honest. And it's, <laughs> it's, it seems like there is like an it seems like there is an ideal scenario. It seems like there is something out there that investors would prefer or there's an ideal thing. So if I run this pasture, you can sort of dissect it a little bit and then we'll see where we go. Right. So imagine there's a, a company, a business, maybe they've got, um, it, could, it could be a membership thing. They've got memberships that are in every month. They've also got packages that are like every three months and six months. They've got, they could have like a more of a merchandise scenario. So something that could be low cost, but the profit margin could be enough something that they would sell to those people. Like almost like, I don't want to say upsells, but the things that like enhance the the experience, you know, like if you join our, our package, say you might also want this, you know, t-shirt or a mug or oh, a, a free ticket to this event or whatever it is. So they've got a list of add-ons, if you will, as well as being a member of something and then having packages and things that could be more expensive as well. So how does that play out in terms of having the multiple price points and the multiple different ways that you could spend money or at least earn the company more money? None of that is, is, is bad. Obviously, the more options that you have for making, for, for generating revenue, that, that's great. The, the question is of strategy, right? And what is, what is your strategy? And is it, how is it defined? And how clear is it? And, and, and whether an investor can get their head around it. Let's look at Airbnb and Uber, right? Um, conceptually, they have very simplistic uh, revenue models, right? So with Airbnb, you go, you rent, you rent a place for a day. They take, they take commission. Yeah, great. It's easy. You can get your head around that. Um, it's a volume business. It's a commission-led model. But they don't just do that. They do other bits and pieces. With Uber, 
you again conceptually it's very easy it's commission-led model they take commission from um every um every uh, trip that that, that that happens however when you dig into the model and you dig into the business model of uh, of uber it's much more complicated there's a there's a there's a standard there's a there's a starting fee there's surge pricing there's there's this there's that there's there's a number of different ways that uber are able to make to make money um it's it's a question of clarity and it's a question of making sure that um investors understand your business model and understand how you're going to make money and it, it's clear to them the rep, the path for you to be able to make money again it's about storytelling it's about making sure that they believe what you're saying and they're following you along that journey i quite like the way that it's it's kind of complicated in the way that it looks on paper maybe but then how you describe it and how it comes across and how you storytell the the business model and how you describe it and the words that you use and how simplistic you make it tends to come across in how clear things are so if you can describe it and get it across in a couple of sentences then that is better than you know going off on a bit of a, a tangent with diagrams and, and models and, and all those sort of things to make things too complicated so <clears throat> how how would you sort of see things looking when it comes to it can be complex on paper but then how you describe it can be as simple as you want how do you look at that because you mentioned uber uber seems quite simple but then when you break it down into its component parts some people it'll probably go over their head others might have to have a, a long rest afterwards so, <laughs> so how do you sort of bridge the gap between it being complicated when you break it down but then simple when you try and describe it so uh, i guess there's two there's two parts to this so number one whenever you're doing financial forecasting you want the detail right so all of the things that you just mentioned in terms of going down to the detail different product lines etc anything that you you are talking about in terms of assumption can be expressed in financials um, and that's the place to do it that's the place to get complex right um, and that's the place to describe things to investors um, however when it comes to your kind of business plan and your high-level business plan it's you know it's best to keep it you know short and simple you know short and sweet it's it's the kiss principle you you've just gotta you've just gotta make sure that people get it and people understand it if 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 I came to you and I said come and work for me and in order to work for me, what you're going to do is you're going to you're going to do X, Y, Z. And then the pay structure is I'm going to pay you, you know, uh, five pound an hour for this. And then if you do this, I'm going to give you, you know, 20 percent of that commission. Plus, if you do something else, I'm going to give you 15 percent of this. Plus, you know, any time you go and um, market us elsewhere, you get an advertising commission. All of a sudden your head's going I have no idea how much money I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to make from this, right? Yeah. So just think of that, right? When you're talking to investors, you're doing the same kind of thing. They want to know, right, how much, how much of X are you going to sell? How many units of X are going to sell? How much roughly is it going to be for? And great, you know, okay, you might be able to make money from here, there and everywhere. But it's what is the core parts of what is the core thing that's going to drive your business model forward? Um, and how, how is that going to work? Is it is it you're going to charge a subscription for using your 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 service? Is it that you're going to sell? Um, you're going to have, you know, provide 
X amount of haircuts every every week. Whatever it is, um, there there are obviously ancillary bits and pieces that you can you can put through, but it's just about making it clear what the core parts of your business model are, so that people, so that investors get it. The minute somebody is confused about your business, is the minute you've lost them. I quite like the way you you mentioned that. It seems it seems like if you get the core down, at least you get the the main parts of it you get the things that are easy to explain they want to be the core things like if you can't explain it simply the the main aspects of the business then i think all of the extra things will probably make things harder as opposed to easier so from what you said there if you can communicate at least the the core aspects of how the business is going to run how it's going to make money, how it's going to spend money and all of those things, then that seems to be what makes things easier for investors to at least get their head around it and think, okay, is this worth investing in? Exactly. You know, it's, 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 these are key kind of communication concepts, um, but people forget it. And, and the reason that people forget it when it comes to pitching is because for an entrepreneur, it's your baby, right? You love the business. You know it inside out. And for you, it makes complete sense, right? You know that, you know, uh, all of these weird commission structures. But everybody else is looking at you like, I have no idea what you're saying. You know? <laughs> yeah. you're, you're talking Martian to me, right? Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So, so it's it, it, it's about just it's about simplicity. It's about clarity. Uh, we ran a pitching event um, in London last Tuesday, and the investors kept saying uh, on the panel, "I love you know, like the pitch. It was very clear. Could understand what you were going." Any time they got hung up on something, that's where the questioning starts, and that's where it's kind of, "Can I get my head around this a little bit more?" So the easier and simpler you can make it the better it is the more it will resonate with um investors uh, and funders in general but once you get past all that once so like you can break something down into like two or three sentences if you wanted to but then when the investor digs in he's still probably not going to want to find a mess inside, if that makes sense. Like, there's no point in wrapping it in simplistic wrapping if inside's a mess. So, well, how, so it seems like having to... I mean, at least, I mean, I could be completely wrong because sometimes once they've got the, once they've got the, the core aspects in place, maybe a bit like yourself as the owner, they might start to see all the connections work and they might start to see, oh, well, it starts to make sense to me now, even though some people that don't know what they know, right, it could be a complete mess to them. So does, does having this communicated well mean that the investor understands the, you know, air quotes, chaos as much as the owner would? Um, yes and no. Uh, the, the honest answer is when we're talking about pitching to investors, you've got maybe five or 10 minutes, right, to capture their, to get their attention. You know, if you're lucky, you might get 15. And then after that, it's, 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 a, it's Q&A. It's, it's, it's them exploring the details that they want to know. And then after that, it tends to be a, a much deeper dive, the due diligence phase, where they'll look at your legals. They might, they'll want to look at your financials. That's where they want to see the detail, right? They'll want to see that detail in your financial models and all of that kind of stuff. Um, 
do they need it explained in in great detail do they need a a 50 page business plan the answer is probably no they just don't have have the time to to kind of go through that you know um investors want to you know read spot goes to the beach not war and peace when it comes to um you know, an investment <laughs> proposal so so you've got you've got to you've got to keep it simple at, at a high level to get their interest and only then once they're invested not naturally with money but once they're invested emotionally or they connect to it that's when they go into detail that's when you can start explaining loyalty systems and um you know uh, whatever it might be that you have and the complexities of of your business model or the nuances of your business model that might mean that you make an extra you know 10 percent but what they want to know is how you're going to make the 90 percent of your um of of of, of your revenue right uh, and your and where most of your your expenses are going to go most of your costs are going to go so those are those are the key kind of key kind of things there well we've gone through an awful lot Thierry we've gone through having the the goal in mind the destination in mind you need to have a, a vision for where you want the, the business or the company to end up you need how do we get there so we're talking business models we're talking financials we're talking keeping it as simple as possible so that the investor can wrap their head around it otherwise you're going to be being fired a lot of questions that I would imagine and then it's about the resources so the people the money how much time you're going to put into it having you know have you got capable hands or not well, the team seems to be very important you need to make sure that you've got the the equation the to do with the goal as well and everything else it was about how do you ultimately solve the problem that yeah. people have and why why you as well i i'd imagine in some respects it's okay well how do you separate yourself how do exactly. you how are you positioned in a way that people can do that so how, how would you wrap this up for us how would you like tie it all neatly together with a bow that is storytelling and how, how would you like this to go off so um, the one thing that we haven't mentioned, which is really important, so I, I think it's probably, and it's kind of the end of the, the, end of the story, right, um, which is the funding. So let's assume that you've got the funding. Um, every investor is going to want to know how on earth you plan on spending that and whether your plan for spending it is a good use of, good use of their money, right? So I like that, yeah. How much is it going to cost to execute the strategy and where will the funds be distributed? So, for example, are you going to be paying yourself a massive salary and not spending money on, you know, other staff or on marketing costs or sales costs? Um, is it, um, you know, uh, are, are you spending it on product? What is the break? breakup of that how how is that investment going to be used and it doesn't matter whether you're um, an equity investor or a, or, a, or a loan provider everybody's going to want to know how you plan on spending that money yeah um, the other thing that people want to want to know is um, and investors want to know especially from the equity side of things is how much do you think your business is worth what is the value that you've placed upon your business and therefore what are you going to offer in exchange are you going to offer you know what percentage of the business are you going to offer or if you're you know a loan giving out you're accepting a loan how much you're prepared to pay in terms of interest all of these things are kind of important that you need to know at the end of the day because you know all of that stuff will decide whether finally they might want to kind of go forward and start you know thinking about investing so 
they need to follow you. It, you know, the funding point is your, your, your punchline. If you, if you're a sales guy, it, it's kind of right. I like it. How much does it cost? You know, you've gone into the showroom, you've seen the car, the salesman's talked to you about all of the extras and how amazing it is. You've gone on your test drive. What's the price? Okay. So that's the funding bit. That's your, that's your kind of your money shot. You know, that's, that's the end of the story. Um, but it's, it's, it's an important end and you need to be, you need, that needs to be strong as well. Yeah, from what you said then, it seems, <clears throat> at least to me, that the funding isn't really the end. Like, the, the, the investor will want to know, oh, okay, if we say yeah, then what? If we, if we turn around and say, okay, we will give you this much for this much of the business or whatever the case is, whatever the agreement is, if they say, okay, yeah, we'll do it. So how are we going to spend our money then? And then if, if you can't really answer that, if you've not thought about that, then that's something that you're going to have to deal with or something that you're going to have to accept that you don't know. And if, if the investor doesn't know how you're going to spend your, you know, their money or their time or their advice or whatever it is, depending on, I guess, how the investor is investing, then it's like, okay, well, why, why should they invest if you don't know what they're in, going to invest in? Because if it is time or it is advice, then you know, what are they going to be advising on? what's the, the project what's the you know what's the vision of the business moving forward and then if it is money well i'd imagine at least you're going to need to know how you're going to allocate the funds and all those sorts of things so exactly, exactly. so yeah it does it does seem like we do all the the things that we said before to get them to say yeah which is fine but then you you would then need to know what happens after that Otherwise, you're still going to be snookered because, you know, I'd imagine the investor is always going to be in a position whereby they can always retract it or they can always come up with a way of saying, right, well, you don't know what you're going to do. So I'm going to have to pull out somewhat because it's not working. Exactly. And, you know, uh, this is this is the point. I, I guess one of the points that I try to make um, to a lot of a lot of people, nobody likes business planning right? Everybody hates it, sitting down and writing business plans. Every entrepreneur wants to be uh, up and doing stuff. And that's the right way to be. However, um, you know, it's, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go, you know, on a journey without knowing where you were going and the destination that you were going to, um, the route that you were going to be driving to get there in your sat nav. Um, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't go without any money to be able to put petrol in your car, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's the same with running a business. You need to have, you need to have that plan. Um, and you need to, you need to know where you're going and how you're going to get there and, and sitting down and writing it down. There's no better way of articulating uh, and finding holes and finding holes in your, in your plan and making, you know, where the dots don't quite add up. Uh, and it's important to get those right before you and it helps it helps stop you making mistakes uh, and that's the key thing that that business planning does i mean i i jokingly say to a lot of people that i'm trying to make business planning sexy um i'm failing miserably in that regard but you know it's uh, it's important <laughs> if it's not if it's not sexy it's important yeah i like i like when you said that it's about stopping making the mistakes and one of the things that kind of sticks out to me that's just something that i was thinking about while while you were saying that was if you don't if you don't plan for the mistakes when they happen then you, the, the mistake will impact you more than it probably should 
or would if you had the plan in place. So it's kind of like you, you prepare for something to happen, knowing that you'll do everything that you can to prevent it as well, to do like the prevention stuff and whatever the case is. But if it does happen, you still need to plan for if it does happen. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm going to be a very long way of saying this now, but if you haven't got the plan for when it does happen, then when it does happen, it'll impact you more than if you had to plan for if it happened. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and you know, you've got to, it's about, it's about making sure you, you know, you know the known unknowns, right? Um, you know what, you might, not, you might not know who you're going to hire in two years' time, but you probably know that, okay, if my business grows, I'm going to need to hire another person. And you probably know that, you know, hiring that person is going to cost you X amount of money. So you need to plan for that because if you come to two years time and you need to hire that person and either you don't have the funds or you haven't allocated enough funds or you haven't allocated, you, 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 you know, you need to go out and raise more funds. That's going to be a problem. Whereas if you plan up front, then you know, okay, I need that money. Um, so I need to either make sure that I've, I'm apportioning that money for the future, whatever it is. But, you, you, you know, having the plan means that you can, you can make sure that you don't end up in those tricky situations. I think that is, that is an amazing way to end here. I think we've covered an awful lot. I, d- I don't think I've wrote, that much before during a podcast uh, <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Ooh, only time will tell uh, so be- before we shoot off before we finish I thought I'd ask if people wanted to find out a bit more about yourself Terry where can people go so if you're on social media now is your chance to share that if you're not and you just have a website then you can share that as well so if someone wants to find out about you yeah, where can we go um, so the, the website um, for the business is investorconnected.com. Uh, if they want to ping us an email and ask questions, info at investorconnected.com. Um, you can follow IC underscore tweets on Twitter. Um, we're Investor Connected on Facebook. Um, yeah, and on LinkedIn as well. So you can find us all there. Um, me personally, I, I, I'm not, I don't do much on social media. I probably should do more, but, um, yeah, I'm a bit of a recluse on social media, so you can try and you can, I'm on Twitter. Um, I think it's Terry FN Clark. I don't know. Um, I think, I think everyone's on Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I'm on Facebook somewhere as well. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure you can find me. Terry Clark's not a particularly common name. So, um, you know, uh, if you see, uh, see a big guy um with glasses that's probably me as long as you don't go for the football though i think you'll be all right exactly exactly uh, although you know i wish i had had his wealth and influence that would be <laughs> all right we've got one last question for you thierry and i ask all the guests this so those of you that are listening will probably know what i'm going to ask and it's what would you like the world to know about you that it doesn't already know <laughs> Bloody hell, Michael. That's a pretty heavy question for us. <laughs> it is, yeah. What do I want the world to know about me that they don't already know? I mean, we, we, have, had, we have had answers like, I like chocolate cake. And we have answers like, classical music is my favourite. So I think yeah, as, as the show progresses and as we get to the, the hundreds and the thousands, we're going to have like wacky and wonderful answers. So... If you want to start us off on those, which, by the way, you won't have. You've already had Rocky and Wonderful already. Feel free to share whatever you want. 
<laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know. Do you know what? I, li- I live my life as pretty much an open book. Um, but, you know, I've, I've done some crazy stuff. I've, I've walked the Inca Trail. I've presented in, um, in a nightclub. I did a business presentation in a nightclub uh, on, on a stage which had two um, pole dancing cages on either side and talking about investments in the middle of Russia. That was an interesting event. I'm sure um, it was. Um, I don't know. What else? I'm a drummer. Uh, right, really okay. One, but I'm a drummer. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm a pretty good cook. Um, I don't know. What else? What else do you want to know? That's, uh, um, but I'm, I, I'm not sure whether the world knows that about me. But there you go. Um, it's not weird. It's not particularly wacky. So you, you've, you're a drummer and you've been trying to get nightclubs and pole dancers involved with investors, which, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not completely unheard of, I'd imagine. No, not really, to be honest with you. It's actually, it's actually more, more normal than it sounds, although this one wasn't my doing. Um, I, was, I, was, it was, uh, I, I arranged uh, an event uh, with a client at a hotel which hadn't been finished being built. And so they had to quickly relocate the event to um, another venue. And the only venue they could find was a, was a nightclub. And this <laughs> nightclub had um, these two cages on the, for, for dancers on the, on the um, uh, side of the stage. And then it had a projection screen in the middle. So I was standing next to a, next to a cage talking about economics and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, and then there was a dinner and stuff. And then it was really strange because there was a, there was a bar which had a bath on the side of it. And right. uh, yeah, I know. Uh, and at about 11 o'clock, a, uh, a, a scantily clad lady came down and, and, and went into the bath and started having a shower and um, playing with bubble bath. So it was quite, it was definitely something that um, my company wouldn't have agreed to sponsor if they'd have known it was happening. And I didn't know <laughs> it was happening. So yeah, that took me by a bit of surprise. So not many people know that. No, I mean, well, the, I imagine they do now. <laughs> uh, which, is, which is which is part of why we do it. That's that's why I asked the question. It's about getting to know people in a way that no one has known them before. And you, I think you would be a you would be surprised at how many people right now are probably thinking, oh, I might quite you know, I might ask the the local pole dancing place if they if they'll have Thierry on. Uh, <laughs> Talk about investments, yeah. <laughs> but you never know. You never know. <laughs> all right for, for people that are listening make sure you do subscribe make sure you share this one out tell people about the show because people need to know about Thierry's uh, adventures and if you want to find out more about him feel free to nip over to his website or social media as well for those of you that have listened before hello welcome back and Thierry thanks for being a guest I'm sure we'll keep in touch indeed Michael and yeah let me know if you want me to uh, come on again <laughs>